Hello, everybody. Welcome to an emergency episode of some sort of podcast here on the Boss Rush Network. I am your host, Corey Dierig, and alongside me, I've pulled in the big guns, people. It is none other than the Jotun Toten vault dwelling, Spartan slaying, favorite co-host on the Citadel. That is Josh Finney. And he's muted. Josh is muted. That big intro. And he's still muted. How's Josh getting muted? Okay, I muted myself on Skype on accident. I don't know how that happened. I'm here. I'm ready. Hi, Josh. Hi, Corey. It's the middle of the afternoon. So, I feel like we just did this about, what, a year ago? And some change? Uh, About 18 months ago we did this, yeah. Yeah. Uh, So, in case you've been sleeping under a rock today, Microsoft has made one of the biggest acquisitions in gaming history, the biggest acquisition in gaming history, by purchasing the entirety of Activision Blizzard King for a whopping $68.7 billion. Uh, Yeah, we just talked about (laughs) the previous biggest acquisition on an episode of Arsenal X that went live this morning. (laughs) Yes, so you will see this probably on the Arsenal X podcast feed. We might throw it on the Tower Casuals feed because it is important, I think, in a lot of ways, because that mm-hmm. question came up today as soon as that that uh, Xbox Wire article was tweeted out by Paul Tassi. There was Paul Tassi was already writing. I know. It was already up on Forbes saying, uh, could Microsoft bu- bring Bungie back? Just asking questions. So, I mean, that's a conversation we might have on Thursday. Uh, yeah, but, yeah, de- definitely. Uh but Josh, initial thoughts of this, because this is incredibly like people, people at my job, like enterprise IT people were talking about this acquisition today. So all I'll tell you, is, I woke up this morning. I saw the news about an hour after it broke. I had about six or seven DMs. I had about no joke about uh, close to 50 text messages, multiple group texts going I mean, I had an, I had emails this morning from people, like from people that I no joke went to high school with asking what I thought about this. A friend of mine who is an executive producer for some local news channels was calling me this morning like, hey, I need your input. Like, I need I need to know, I need you to sum this up for me here. Here's a few questions I have. Like, I need you to just like bullet point this for me so I can understand some of this a little bit better. And he's a, like, he's a gamer. He's just like not into the business side of things. Um... My initial thoughts is uh, I actually wasn't drawn to the catalog. Um, my initial thoughts were uh, kind of the image that uh, a lot of people put there, um, which is uh, Thanos picking up the Infinity Gauntlet going, fine, I'll do it myself, but with Phil Spencer's face photoshopped mm-hmm. on it. Yeah, I saw um, 10 of those floating around Twitter today. To, to get rid of uh, Bobby Kotick. Uh, so good riddance, Bobby Kotick will be gone. We have that confirmation yeah. from Wall Street Journal. Because like, um, that was the big question, too, right? Was like, would Bobby? That was Cotter's the immediate play? question. That was the immediate question. That I've seen that question asked. Like, whereas when the Bethesda acquisition happened, the question was, oh my God, are all these IPs going to be on on PlayStation still? Today, I and I think it's a sign of how far we're coming as a gaming collective. I've seen far less questions about what happens to Blizzard properties and Call of Duty and things like that, and what happens with Bobby Kotick with the unionization efforts over at Activision Blizzard, because they've been very vocal. They've done walkouts recently. They're wanting a seat at the table. How does Phil Spencer grapple with those things? 
and especially in his new role as CEO of gaming at Microsoft. He's no longer just head of Xbox, mm -hmm. you know, VP of Xbox. He is head of gaming, period. Yep. And he's got like 12 people that report straight to him just at Microsoft, not counting Pete Hines and Todd Howard and obviously whoever comes out of. You've you got to figure the person who takes over Activision Blizzard is going to be Rod Ferguson. You have to figure that. He's already yeah. the lead on Diablo 4. He's been promoted to game director there. And Mike Yabara, who used to be at Xbox, I think that's a little bit more problematic for a variety of reasons, not the least of which is that he was getting paid significantly more than the uh, female who was, uh, I, I'm forgetting her name, uh, Jen, it's not Jen Taylor. Jen O'Neill, that, that's what I'm thinking of. God, I'm so sorry, Jennifer. Um, is that he was getting paid significantly more than her. And that was a story that broke like not even a month ago. Mm -hmm. And he like got real quiet after that. But and Mike has a history with Xbox. Like he was at Xbox for years. For almost mm -hmm. the entire Xbox One generation, he was there. Um, him and Phil obviously have a good relationship. Um, he was kind of in the old Matt Booty role in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm curious to see what happens there. <clears throat> Bobby being gone obviously is a great thing. He's leaving with a golden parachute, and they're going to kind of let him do it quietly, I guess. Mm -hmm. uh, the thing I think we have to understand about this is when it comes to discussions about, like, because Microsoft said today, like, not all the games are going to be exclusive to Xbox. We will still keep some on PlayStation. They cannot get into those specifics. Anything that affects the stock price, that, Bobby Kotick's future, the board of directors mm -hmm. at Activision, who's going to take over Blizzard, those are all things that they cannot legally talk about right now. Right. They well, cannot I think... I think when you look at the games, though, I think I think it's easy to assume Call of Duty will remain multi-platform. Like that property is too big. I'm not entirely convinced. Which what do you, which which games do you think would be multi-platform out of all? So these? I think that I, I think they're going to take elements of these franchises. So like how Elder Scrolls Online is still multi-platform, but the mainstream series won't be. I think mm. Warzone will be your multi-platform Call of Duty and be the platform you build on. Microsoft loves free-to-play shit right now, and that game rakes in mil hundreds of millions of dollars. And I could see them letting... Because I, I think the first immediate thing that Microsoft's going to want to do is free up Treyarch and Raven... Or Treyarch, Raven, and Sledgehammer, and Toys for Bob. Like We don't really realize how many studios under Activision got completely decimated to just build Warzone and Call of Duty maps. So, like, if you make Warzone, uh, the Raven is the pretty much the lead Warzone developer at this point. If you have that, right. and you let Infinity Ward still be Call of Duty, but they get, like, they get the three years to build their game. And then you say, okay, Treyarch and Sledgehammer, you guys can do whatever you want. Whatever you want. I would love to see, like, a third-person action-adventure game from one of those studios, especially with some of the writers you have at Sledgehammer, uh, with Belinda Garcia and Alexa Ray Correa over there, I would love to see what they could come up with in terms of a story. Mm -hmm. You know, that's not Call of Duty. Um, I could see the mainstream Call of Duty games. I, I, I can see two scenarios. One where those are exclusive and Warzone is on everything. But I think Microsoft and I think Phil is smart enough to know that that is a cash cow, even if they just do it once every two to three years, partially so it's not competing with Halo. Like, we're going to mm -hmm. get into the conflicts here in a second. But yeah, if you do that, you could always do, pull some bullshit like, well, the multiplayer maps are going to be first on Xbox. It's going to be best optimized on Xbox because it's an in-house title. Yeah. 
you know, it, it remains to be seen. Like, is Sony going to want dev kits over there? Uh, is they are they going to want Microsoft having hold of it, getting hold of those dev kits? You know, we know they're pretty pretty picky with the Bethesda one. So, you know, who who honestly knows? Like that that's a huge question. The treasure trove of IPs that haven't been touched in. 15, 20 years, though, that Activision owns. I mean, just off the top of my head, you, you've got uh, you've got Crash Bandicoot, you've got Spyro, you've got Guitar Hero. You, if Tony Hawk's license is renewed, you've got Tony Hawk, you've got Gun, you've got True Crime LA, Pitfall, Space Quest, King's Quest, um, mm -hmm. Geometry, Geometry Wars is home, ladies and gentlemen. Geometry <laughs> Wars is back home. This, this is the biggest part of today. I don't care. We paid $68.5 billion to get Geometry Wars back where it belongs. <laughs> I, I mean, and that's obviously without the, the Blizzard franchises, you know, Warcraft, Starcraft, Overwatch, Diablo, um, and Call of Duty, and then King. Uh, I mean, King is definitely part of what drove this price up as high as it did. King and Blizzard together, I mean, that's that's a lot of money. Yeah. Call of Duty on its own is a multi-billion dollar franchise. Like that's that's probably the most valuable I mean, IP in gaming. Yeah, I mean you think about how much Call of Duty rakes in every year, you think about Candy Crush, and you think about like they like, we, we, and we just talked think, about this on Arsenal yeah. X. You think but think about the soccer moms who buy lives in Candy Crush. Yeah. Yeah. Or you think about World of Warcraft. And I know that that game's been on a decline for a while now, but like it still brings in so much money every month. Diablo 4 is guaranteed to be a mega hit. Yeah. Um, this is this is wild to me. I I still feel like I'm kind of dreaming because this is just so beyond anything I could have expected. I expected to get the news that, oh, Microsoft's acquired IOI sometime mm -hmm. in the next few months. Or Crystal Dynamics is officially joining the Xbox family because do you think they Hallander still connection. do that? I think this raises so, and this is what I want to get to. This is kind of my, this is my other big point I was wanting to get to is, I think this raises questions about uh, consolidation. Uh, you're going to see a lot of people throw antitrust around today. Most people saying that do not know what that means at all. Um, the analysis and the breakdown that I saw is that if, the, if this acquisition is allowed to go through, Microsoft will be third in revenue in the gaming industry behind Sony and Tencent. They will still only be third. And basically the breakdown I saw essentially said, I don't know of any regulator who's ever wanted to stop somebody from becoming number three. Um, even with this acquisition, there are, I think there's still plenty of competition out there. Um, and like I said, like I, we're seeing less of a freak out, I think, this time around. I think, first off, we're all shell-shocked by it. Nobody thought this was ever in the cards. Um. But more so than I thought, if if anything, I thought Blizzard would get sold off, if anything. Yeah. But we saw freak out over Bethesda because those are those are beloved games and those are ones that people, you know, people love Elder Scrolls. They love Fallout. I'm sorry, but Skyrim sold maybe as much as the last Call of Duty game. Uh, or excuse me, Modern Warfare 2019. It sold about as much lifetime as Modern Warfare did in a year and a half. Yeah. That's insane. That's absolutely insane. Like, we can... And Elder Scrolls, rightfully, is one of the most beloved fantasy RPGs of all time. It does not hold a candle to the success of Call of Duty. Call of Duty, I mean, you have that Xbox connection with Call of Duty, but for me, 
this acquisition, I'm not excited about this like I was Bethesda. Bethesda made a lot of sense because there was always that Xbox connection from Morrowind. You know, we saw that in uh, the the Xbox documentary this last summer when Todd and Pete talked about it. We saw archive footage and stuff over the last couple of years with all that going through. There was always that connection. There was always that that friendship and that mutual development. I don't get that sense with Activision. I don't, this doesn't make a whole, like it makes sense, I guess, from a business standpoint. I think they're grossly overpaying here. I think that this is rightfully, we are going to have conversations about consolidation. We're rightfully going to. Microsoft now has like 34 studios under them now. Mm-hmm. That, that, and that's bonkers to me. That's bonkers to me. Now, granted, six of the ones they just got have done nothing but Call of Duty for the better part of a decade. But if those teams like a Toys for Bob, if they're allowed to go back and do another Crash Bandicoot or do a Spyro reboot, hell, give them the keys to Banjo-Kazooie. It's clear nobody else wants to touch it at Microsoft. Give them the keys to Banjo-Kazooie. Like, well, that's so, and that's, I know that's something you were saying. Yeah, that's what I tweeted out today. I was like, uh, think of all the things that they just acquired, but they, Microsoft's really been missing games for kids, right? And and like, yeah, Banjo, yeah. like backwards compatible Banjo exists and stuff, but like a lot of their kid stuff comes from either third parties or, you know, Game Pass acquisitions. Like, I mean, the last thing I could remember that was for kids that I can even, even come close to remembering is Super Lucky's Tale when it came to Game Pass, yeah. right? So now... Now you look at it, they have Crash, they have Spyro, they have Banjo. I mean, I guess you could kind of throw Conquer in there, even though it's not really a kid-friendly franchise. It's still like the cutesy right. whatever platformer. Like, they have options now, you know? And and now they just have to figure out, like, okay, well, Toys for Bob is clearly, like, the, <laughs> the uh, uh, developer for this in terms of what they've done with Crash and Spyro at this point. Plus, they're going to have a car race now. We can we can now have a Microsoft Kart Racer. Yeah, I, I'm. So, I want to see Steve drive a block car around. I'm very excited. I'm very I excited. See Steve see, versus. I want to see General Ram in a go kart. <laughs> I want to um, see. I want to see a Chief flying around on a warthog, battling uh, uh, like a battle toad. Oh, that'd be so great. Well, it's funny because we were just talking about Killer Instinct the other day, um, on Arsenal X, but. I think there is I think there's reason to be cautiously optimistic. If you're if you're a, if you're an Xbox fan, if Xbox is your main platform, you are pro and you like Call of Duty, you're probably over the moon. Like this to me signals that Call of Duty is going to shift back to Xbox. Um mm-hmm. that this year will probably be the last year. I, we don't know and we don't know the marketing agreements for Call of Duty at all. We don't know how long the Sony one goes, but and they can't get into the specifics. We do know that the deal will be closed sometime in the next fiscal year. So between June 2022 and June 2023 is when it'll close. Mm-hmm. If it follows the Bethesda timeline, that took about six months to close. This is a much bigger acquisition. Mm-hmm. I personally I would say by quarter one next year, probably like by March, end of March. I, I still th- I, I think you have it sewn up before Call of Duty comes out this year. Oh, really? You think that early? I mean, but if you think about it, that's 10 months from now. That's true. I think it's only Jane, that's, right? that's almost, yeah, it's almost double the time. Um, but I think this is going to be a question in the back of everybody's mind now. I mean, you know that Activision wasn't going to sit here and announce any new IP. They were going to sit there and Call of Duty was it for this year. They weren't going to talk about Blizzard stuff. 
Uh, that's the elephant in the room that nobody really wants to address. But the early I mean, word the Overwatch out, team left, right? Even the leads on the on that game. But right? a lot of the leads have left Overwatch too. Yeah. So who knows what happens to it now? But neither that nor Diablo was going to come out this year. You almost have to wonder when they announced that those were not going to hit 2022. I mean, these negotiations were certainly already happening at that point because we found that out in November or December mm-hmm. that they weren't going to come this year. Um, I want to read what J- Jason Sh- Jason Schreier did a lot of reporting this morning. Uh, the man's trying to enjoy a vacation. When he goes on vacation, we get news, mm-hmm. apparently. Um, I'm trying to find the... Okay, so sentiments I've heard from Activision Blizzard employees today. Uh, one, optimism about management changes and the positive culture at Xbox-owned studios. Uh, fury towards Microsoft for giving Bobby Kotick a big payday and a soft exit, and I share that one. We, we've gone over that. I definitely agree with that. I'm mm-hmm. not exactly thrilled myself. This was a chance to send a message. And obviously you can't sit here and come out today and be like, oh, we're firing Bobby Kotick for, uh, you know, conduct detrimental. Like the board's not going to fire him now. They just made more than they ever dreamed of. Yeah. Like they're going to hold on to him and then Phil's going to let him go, you know, as soon as the ink is dry, but mm-hmm. it can't, it's not going to be for conduct detrimental. I think that's really hard to prove. And I think, you know, Bobby probably has a good legal case to yeah. for that to not be the case. And I mean, right. I'm just I'm just armchair lawyering right now. I don't know. Maybe mm-hmm. it's a big straw man, but he's gonna get something like a three hundred million dollar payout to just <laughs> yeah. get get the get, get the fuck out. Yeah. And that is but, that is bonkers. After the man gave himself a hundred million dollars last year for a payday. Yeah. By the way, Stoy's um, joined us via via phone call via ah, phone. Stoy, you're here. Yes, I am here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Story. We we're, we've kind of started discussing the Microsoft uh, acquisition. What are your initial thoughts? Since we're kind of partway through our sorry. <laughs> it's it's no. It sounds like I'm already on board with what Josh was saying. That you know this was a chance for Microsoft to kind of step in and maybe clean some house a bit. And the fact that Bobby Kotick is still kind of at the at the head of this all um, kind of shows a little bit of what Microsoft is maybe more so in it for the money and in it for a little bit of the uh, notoriety than, you know, I mean, th- this was a chance for them to kind of step out and be the, I, I guess the bigger brother here. But uh, I partially agree with maybe what Josh said, that there's probably a lot of legalities with this is that Microsoft can't officially step in to say, well, this deal isn't going to be finalized until we get rid of Bobby Kotick, which you know, from what internal emails and everything have made it sound like that he will be gone as of June of 2023. But I think maybe we're reading a little bit too much into that is that even though maybe they've had that conversation to say Bobby Kotick will be done as of of 2023, there isn't much that can be done about it until then. No, Um, no, you can't do anything that affects the stock price. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, you know, you could we, we could speculate one way or another of what is going to happen as of that date. I mean, who knows? It may Bobby Kotick may prove us wrong and actually change the culture of what Activision Blizzard is because he did say that that if he can't, then he's out. But you know, I I think as controversial as this thought may sound, let's give him a chance with that. I mean, he, this is the culture that he cultivated, and let's give him a chance to attempt to fix it. You know, maybe is he the perfect person to do that? No, but, um, you know, I suppose it's his company. Let's give him a chance on that. We, uh, I want to get your thoughts on this. We, we were speculating about this before you joined the call that 
I, I personally think Bobby's gone 100. percent I think that's a fr- that's a PR mm-hmm. layup for Microsoft. Oh, yeah. Like as much as people mm-hmm. like in the gaming space that we may hate this right now, like ca- casual gamers are just going to see Call of Duty is an Xbox franchise now. Overwatch is an Xbox franchise. I don't care about everything else. It's on PC. I think um, it's more than a layup. I think it's like a through the legs windmill posterizing dunk. Yeah, this, this is this is winning the dunk contest for like the next. This is Jordan dunking from the free throw line in terms of PR moves. Um, it, it's gonna be it's gonna be on the Xbox box art. Um, but my idea was, um, you you need somebody you trust to be put in charge of that division. You know, we have Pete Hines and Todd Howard over Bethesda, like we were talking about. Rod Ferguson is the game director at Diablo right now and previously ran the coalition. Mm-hmm. Uh, him and Phil have a great relationship. And then you have the Mike Yavara connection over there. He's currently running Blizzard. Um, I don't know if you keep him because there happens some problems uh, specifically between the pay dispute with him and uh, Jen O'Neill that happened last year when she very publicly left. It yeah. was like, yeah, I didn't get to make any of the decisions. I was getting paid a fraction of what he did. Like, this is bullshit. Um but Rod is pretty universally loved in the industry, it seems. He's yeah, yeah. the one who he saved Bioshock Infinite. He saved Gears of he saved the Gear, Gears of War games. He came back to save him again. He's saving Diablo 4 now. Like I'm actually and he shocked. Saved Blizzard. I I'm actually shocked that like they chose Mikey Barra over Rod when they were picking new leaders for the studio. I I, I I can't fucking believe it. That, that's shocked. that's what I'm saying. Like <laughs> I, only, I feel like he my was only in thought a is that he turned it down because maybe he was planning on leaving at some point. You know, that's, that's like, the only one that makes sense. Yeah. Well, I know that he he went to go be a lead designer at Blizzard on Diablo, and when the Diablo director got fired because he was part of the whole Cosby Suite bullshit that we read about, uh, Rod stepped in to take over Diablo at that point. I don't think he wanted to be a game director. He liked being a studio director. So I think giving at least giving him a couple of those teams, because you and I had speculated a few months ago, Corey, like what if after he got Diablo 4 out, would he want to come home to Microsoft and take over World's Edge? Yeah, that's what I that's what we were talking about with uh what well, I forget what game we were talking about, but yeah, that totally made sense when we were talking about it. Yeah. So I think that those are obviously the leadership concerns. The 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 Activision board has to go. Like that's that is a non-negotiable them and I mean I'm per, I'm on the fuck Bobby Kotick train that they, they yeah. all gotta be they, they've gotta be gone. You need a complete turnover. Again, this is the easiest decision you make if you're Phil Spencer. He's now like the fourth or fifth most powerful person in all of Microsoft after his promotion today, the CEO of gaming. Not even just head of Xbox, CEO of gaming. Let that sink in for a minute. That, this yeah, dude that may be the cloud, most powerful Xbox, PC, everything. <laughs> He, ju- he just bought out Bobby Kotick. He's the most powerful person in the industry at this exact moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he is. Yeah, I agree. Nobody has the kind of control, the, the backing, the money. And it's hilarious that we went from about six years ago, not if that, like maybe even four or five years ago, hearing the rumors about Xbox being sold off. And now it's just, they, they've invested like $100 billion into Xbox at this point. Mm-hmm. This is wild. Yeah, this so at, I don't know if you guys talked about this, but at, at what point do you start to see Microsoft trying to monopolize the video game industry? I think you're there. You're there. Yeah. I, w- it, with, it, with this, I think with this, I think you are. With this, it is time to start having that conversation. Um, I I was one of those who was like, let's pump the brakes a little after Bethesda because Bethesda, you have that shared history. It made yeah. sense. This makes no sense. 
I will say Literally right now, this is, this is just dominance in the video game. This, industry. this, this is dominance. Um, and I, I had, I had some numbers pulled up here. I have since accidentally refreshed my page and lost them, but, uh, the market caps of other notable third major third parties. Um, and it was something like, uh, Ubisoft is like eight, eight billion EA is like 38. I think take two is around 20, uh, and Nintendo is 60 billion. And it was Mm -hmm. just like, there are plenty of other players out there. There are plenty, and obviously Sony's really high up there. Tencent is up there. Amazon yep. has, obviously is up there. Um, I, I think that it's time to start having those conversations, though, because, and I promise we get to this later, you look at just the first-person shooters that Microsoft now has. Mm-hmm. You have Halo. You have Doom. You have Wolfenstein. You have Quake. You have Gears of War. And now you're going to tell me that you're, oh, you pray. And now you're going to tell me that you're adding call of duty to that and overwatch and, that, and overwatch and, and and overwatch i forget about overwatch because i was never an overwatch guy. that is i feel that is the same level of dominance that they have over western rpgs right now like microsoft as of today i think they were already there but i think officially it's in pen it's in ink as soon as this is done that mm-hmm. you cannot be even a casual in this industry without associating with the Microsoft platform. And that's what Phil Spencer has wanted. He's been very clear about that. He wanted to figure out, okay, we figured out how to reach like the 80 million gamers in North America. How do we reach the 3 billion worldwide? And his his philosophy was everyone has a cell phone. xCloud works on that. With King now, they're in everybody's pocket. Who among us has not played Candy Crush? Who among us, and we talked about this literally on today's Arsenal X, who among us does not have a casual bathroom game? Yeah. (laughs) Chances are you've played a game that King had a hand in. 5,000 people work at Blizzard, 2,000 work at King. There's no way, like Diablo Immortal is still a thing. You can bet your britches Microsoft is going to push that so hard now. I wouldn't be shocked to see another Spartan Assault style game. Forza Street shutting down, it's going to come right on back as soon as this is done. (laughs) And it might actually be good. Because while we may sit here and go, oh, God, mobile games. More people play mobile games than PC and console audiences combined. Combined, yeah. Like you yeah, get how much Pokemon Pokemon Go brought in seven billion dollars last year. Like Microsoft absolutely make a Viva Pinata version of Pokemon Go. I'm telling oh you, oh my to gosh, print money. Dude. print money, wow. guys. Do Why it. Why don't they just make a Viva Pinata, a free-to-play Viva Pinata game? Like for, first of all, for Game Pass specifically, like free-to-play with with a Fortnite-style battle pass, like. I don't understand how that hasn't been a thing. I, I, I will say right now, I think there is one positive in all of this. Uh, two, actually. One is that the annualization of Call of Duty is almost certainly over. It's almost certainly done once the games that are in development, so the next two or three, are done. It, it's over. I, I, I by really the end of this, so. I really by the so end of this generation, it no longer will be. To, yeah, good. And that, that's what I was saying earlier with Corey. Like that frees up like five or six teams for you right there. Even if those are, yeah. even if some of those like High Moon continue to be support studios, they can help with Halo. They can help with well, Halo maps. They can help with Gears maps. They can do things like that. 
I mean, you yeah. look at the you look at what High Moon used to do. Like those Transformers games were amazing. You look at what Raven used to do, which I know that like Warzone's kind of like their baby now, but they did that awesome Wolverine game. They've done so many cool things. They did. High uh, Moon was largely responsible for uh, the Crown of Sorrow raid in Destiny. Yeah. What was so I mean, wasn't High Moon missions. doing uh, vehicle uh, vehicle missions and uh, game modes in Call of Duty? Isn't that what they were relegated to? Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so imagine them coming in to do vehicular combat scenarios in Halo. That'd be amazing. Well, I then, mean, like, imagine you've got Toys for Bob also. Like, we, we talked about this one. That, that's the big winner to me is Toys for Bob. We mm-hmm. saw how vocally upset they were that they were being relegated to being a Call of Duty support studio not even a year ago. Like, back yeah. in September is when this happened, I think. August or September. And now, if they can just make it, th- make it until the ink dries, one of the first things Phil's going to do is walk in there and go, what kind of platformer you want to make? Do you do you want to do Crash? Do you want to do Spyro? Do you want the keys to the kingdom? Do you want Banjo Kazooie? Yeah, they. I mean, like even you you have a passionate, skilled team there. These teams are so like Victorious Visions has been basically dissolved at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Treyarch is such a good studio beyond Call of Duty. Uh, Sledgehammer is a great studio. Raven. I mean, Raven <laughs> will probably continue to do Warzone. And Infinity Ward will likely continue to do mainline Call of Duties. But that's okay when you have three or four years to work on a game. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you look at, I mean, Sledgehammer, I think, too, is like, because that was the old Dead Space team that created their own studio, right? Like, that's where they came from. A lot of them, yes. And so, so like, you could get something completely new out of them, you know? Because I know, like, their big every time they do Call of Duty, their big thing is like, we want to tell a good story. Uh, but like, it's kind of like rushed because of the way Call of Duty is annualized right. and uh, that the machine that is Call of Duty. So, yeah, you can get something really unique out of them, too. Yeah, that's definitely the only plus side I see with this acquisition is that Microsoft is all about the games and they're all about giving their developers the freedoms to make what they want, to do what they want, just with their support. And that's the only benefit I could see from this is like Phil Spencer coming into those studios, like Josh said, and saying, make what you want. You know, do you want access to some of our back catalog? Do you want this? Do you want that? Here you go. Have at it. Have fun. That's well, the only I think benefit that's, I see to this. That's the other thing I wanted to bring up is I like that you said back catalog because we haven't even talked about what this means. The second that ink dries that day, how many games are going to come to Game Pass that are previous ones? Even if it's just, the, and I, I say just, but even if it's just Diablo 3, Overwatch, mm-hmm. and every Call of Duty ever made, yeah. that is bonkers. That's bonkers. Yeah. I haven't bought a Call of Duty in close to a decade, but I still like the campaigns. I'm looking forward to sitting down and playing through all those campaigns eventually. Yeah, I really want to play the new Modern Warfare campaign, and I really want to play the black ops campaigns like i, I the but new, like the new modern warfare campaign has easily been the best it's ever been since i think the first modern warfare <laughs> yeah that, that, that's what i've heard i mean there, and there's so many like there's so many things like we know they've said oh we're done with backwards compatibility added games are you really done now though i don't think you're sure done, no. you don't want you don't no. want to revisit that statement now because like i said baby geometry wars is home well it's a lot time. of those are already backwards compatible though yeah, um, I find it really funny because I know Activision was like really against wanting to put their games on Game Pass. They were really clear about that. 
like Bobby Kotick himself was like, yeah, I don't want to put my games on Game Pass. And now they're bought out to be a Game Pass machine. That's mm-hmm. kind of like cosmically funny to me in a way. Yeah. Um, oh, hugely, but I do, hugely funny to me. <laughs> I, I do think that this raises the question of, uh, like Corey and I were talking about just before you hopped on the call, Stoy, like, does this stop Microsoft from acquiring other studios? Like with now we, we're in danger of monopolization. Even with getting Activision Blizzard's income, they will still be uh, something like second or third, I think, in terms of overall gaming revenue. They still mm-hmm. haven't overtaken Sony or Tencent with this. It's worth noting. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, like, w- at what point, because we have the indication that IOI was going to be the next one. All, mm-hmm. all things pointed to, IOI was probably next. We know they're working really close with Avalanche. I'm kind of in the position of please don't ever buy anything else. I was um, hoping that we were done after Bethesda, at least major trans- I was major too. acquisition. I thought that was the biggest one that you could ever possibly get. That was a publisher. That was small- totally yeah. different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, but, I, and I thought like maybe if they would pick up a developer here and there, that's fine. That's yeah. all good and well. I didn't expect anywhere near this. And any point mm-hmm. when we had these conversations about who do you think Xbox can pick up next? I said a long shot would be Sega even though I don't see that as a possibility that would make more sense than anything, but I never expected anything to this level. Yeah. My, my thing was uh, the square Enix Western division, which Josh, you and I talked about last week, I think at some point, like that's like, if they were going to buy anybody else, it's because square wants to offload their Western division, not the whole company. Right. And Mm -hmm. we already know they they're working really close with crystal dynamics on perfect dark. And uh, so, but this, this is like, in one way, it's like really exciting, but in another way, it's really concerning. And like, I don't know where I, I to definitely bounce. I think it's more view. concerning than exciting. I think, I think it's more concerning. This is, this is unprecedented. So uh, I want, I want to phrase this the way that uh, Sean Finnegan, who used to be with IGN and hundred thieves was phrasing it earlier. He says, I'm both excited and nervous about this. I'm excited because these are untested, unproven, unprecedented waters. Microsoft has, you know, great handle on their studios, but it's concerning because does does one company have too much power now? And I fully agree with that sentiment because that's kind of where I fall. Personally, I just will go, you spent $68 million on this? Like, I would have just like stayed the course and waited for them to split apart with all the lawsuits scoop up blizzard and you know move on with your life i would have rather seen them spend like 15 billion not even 15 billion like 10 billion on scooping up developers they're already working with you know ioi avalanche uh, wb wanted to sell off wb games for 2 billion two years mm-hmm. ago like do not let that escape your mind and microsoft said no to it they tried to they wanted to rebuy bungie and supposedly the asking price was too high we've already got people asking could they hypothetically get bungie no, you do not need to buy Bungie now. You would 100% control the first-person shooter fan bases at that point. You can't, mm-hmm. at a certain point, someone who understands the industry will have to step in with the FTC or with the EU regulators or something and say, no, enough. You can't do this. And I think it may happen here. I don't think this is a done deal. I don't think so either. In the words of Jez, like what Jess Corden was saying today, though, I've never seen a regulator say, no, you're not allowed to move up to third place. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the yeah, best that is true. I suppose this doesn't cement them into into the, you know, the number one spot because they I mean, comparatively, no, they're, they're, 
They're behind Nintendo Tencent. Sony. Yeah, they're behind Tencent. Well, which, they've, they've overtaken Tencent Nintendo. Tencent keeps growing, too. They've overtaken yeah. Nintendo. Yeah. Because we have to remember that Microsoft also has Windows Gaming. And right. not, it's not just Xbox. So despite the hardware maybe not being profitable, the games and Game Pass and services are now. Um, I think your question then becomes... If they have to, if they have too much, what do the regulars step in and do? Do they say, well, you can only acquire part of them? Like, I mean, if I'm Microsoft and I'm told you can only have part, I'm like, well, we'll take Blizzard despite how problematic they are because that's where most of the talent is. That's where the that's where the franchises that we can really make special are at. Instead of Call of Duty. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's it, it's fascinating. I do not think we've heard the last of this story by a long shot. People are just in shock. Like I was saying, I think that we saw a lot of reactions last year to Bethesda because Elder Scrolls and Fallout are just so visible in terms of properties in the hardcore gaming community. And they sell very well, 15, 20 million copies. But mm. Modern Warfare's reboot alone sold 30 million in one and a half years. Skyrim has sold that much in a decade. Yeah, so, I mean, I'll let, I'll, I'll let everybody else do the math. <laughs> But Call yeah. of Duty is by far the most, po not just most popular, it's the most profitable franchise in history, other than maybe Grand Theft Auto. Grand Theft Auto is the only thing. This purchase, the only equivalent I can think of it is when Disney bought Fox, but Disney was already clearly in the number one slot when they bought Fox. And that is a domination and a monopoly. I yeah. worry about what this is going to do to, my we haven't even seen how Microsoft and Bethesda mesh together yet. We haven't gotten the mm -hmm. first game out of that partnership. I wish we could get a couple of those. I want to see how Starfield turns out before I go, yes, let's hand Microsoft another like five gargantuan franchises, including Call of Duty, World of Warcraft, and Overwatch. Yeah. The one thing I want to, I, I don't know if you guys touched on this yet, but it, you know, the timing of this concerns me, especially with, I know uh, you guys said it before that of, you know, they're during, in, in the midst of this, you know, these lawsuits of all these victims that were uh, victims of all these sexual assault misconducts and, uh, you know, everything else. And, you know, j just thinking from a victim's perspective, if you're a victim of these crimes that Activision has, has done to you and your life and your family and your friends, and then to see and hear something like this has to be hugely disconcerting to know that this titan within the industry that you're fighting against you know, almost seems on paper that their their stance has just been strengthened because of this Microsoft acquisition. And I can't imagine Microsoft being painted as like this, you know, this beacon of light or this saint to a lot of people, especially. I like that you brought this up. Because I, like you brought this I, up, I mean, it's something that I don't think anybody is going to mm -hmm. really highlight because, you know, you're going to talk about it from a business standpoint that, yes, on paper, this is going to benefit Microsoft. Yes, on paper, this is going to benefit Activision Blizzard and all these other developers, which is fine. But let's not talk. About, let's talk about the elephant in the room of the victims of these sexual assault crimes that have happened as a result of uh, the leadership. I want to I want to reread a little uh, uh, some sentiments from uh, Jason Schreier that we read kind of towards the top of the show. Because uh, he actually he touched on this a little bit. He says, uh, some of the sentiments I've heard from Activision Blizzard employees today. There's optimism of management changes and the positive culture at Xbox-owned studios. There's fury yes. towards Microsoft for giving Bobby Kotick a big payday and a soft exit. 
And there's mm -hmm. a determination to keep organizing. I think all three of these are very important points to touch on because there is the, the genie is out of the bottle. The, they want these are 10,000 employees that want to they want to unionize. I said this on a friend's podcast uh, a couple days ago that this is the year that a major studio was going to do it. And I said it was going to be Activision. I maintain that it's going to be Activision. I still think yeah. it's going to be. And I think that's going to be a snowball. If my, Microsoft has an opportunity here to willingly recognize that. And if they do, if Microsoft and Xbox recognize that along with the Activision union, if that's ever accepted, that is going to snowball because that's 10,000 employees being added to what Microsoft already has at Xbox, which is like five or six now. So I'm I, on, from a social change perspective, I'm very excited to see what happens. Um, yeah. And I hope that, you know, justice continues to be done. We know investigations are going on. Lawsuits will certainly continue long after either whether this is approved or not. But this was probably becoming about the only way to keep Activision in one piece as they know it now. Um, I think they simply would have broken apart. At the very least, Bobby probably would have been jettisoned sometime this year. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, well, then even like if, if Activision were to have fallen apart, I imagine those other studios that they had under that umbrella would have fallen apart and maybe even suffered irreparable damage that even Microsoft couldn't do. So maybe the timing 100%. isn't as bad as what we think with Microsoft coming in and just scooping this up right now as opposed to waiting until all the pieces fall. I, I also want to read one more sentiment from, uh, from Jason uh, before we kind of wrap it up. Um, important to also note that many of Blizzard issues, Blizzard's issues were entirely self-inflicted and had nothing to do with Activision, including the sexual misconduct and discrimination charges. Uh, that is a very key piece. It's Bobby is the figurehead of this because he ultimately, concerns were raised to him and he did nothing as the CEO. But mm -hmm. most of this, from what we understand, came from inside there. Although Activision has definitely been scummy in their own way, specifically towards women and QA testers. Like when they fired a bunch of them right before Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> uh, th these are these are unforgivable things, right? Like when you do this as a multi, obviously sixty-eight billion dollar studio, and you can't pay your Q your QA people more than like fourteen dollars an hour. There's a problem. Mm. Um, I I don't. This is twenty twenty two. We should not be having to have conversations about a minimum wage versus a livable wage anymore. These are these are very real conversations that we're having, not just in the gaming industry, but we're having nationwide right now. And it has yeah. finally come. It took a long That's time to get here, other. but we are finally breaking down the door in the games industry saying, hey, we're going to have this conversation, whether y'all like it or not. You have the chance. Mm -hmm. Do you want to be on the side on the side of history or do you want to be relegated to the body codex of the history books? That's your yeah. that is that is Phil Spencer's choice right now. There is only so much he can say. I've already seen the frustrations about, well, I just want to know Call of Duty's exclusive. I want to know, you know, is Diablo 4 still going to come to PS5? Like, they cannot talk about this. They yeah. cannot talk about this. The day that the ink, the day after the ink dries, I guarantee you they're going to do another presentation like they did with Todd and Pete at Bethesda to kind of talk about their plans. They'll probably have Rod there on the stream to talk about Blizzard. But... Like, guys, you have to understand, like, legally, they cannot talk about anything that would m possibly indicate a change 
shareholders cannot be talked about publicly. Activision has to continue to independently operate. And that's why I know there was a lot of frustration with Bethesda last year. Like the con the contracts for Deathloop and Ghostwire have acknowledged and have to be honored that's why i think the call of duty contract is fascinating to think about like how long did they have the marketing for is it a lifetime thing because if so that's kind of funny to me mm -hmm. like or was it just for a decade and they were coming up on having to renew it like w at what point do we have to have these conversations as an industry and i think these are a lot that are going to go on these are these are things that are gonna require a lot more time and thought than just a gut reaction three hours after the news breaks yeah. 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 So I, uh, I don't know. I guess, I guess we'll see what happens. I, out of all the acquisitions I was expecting to read about this year, this was not one of them. Uh, I didn't expect it in not, the third week of January either. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but we'll, we'll see what happens. I hope something, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how to feel. It's, it's exciting to talk about. Right. But it's it's it is concerning in, in a in a way that, you know, I guess I guess we'll see how it plays out. But well, it raises uh, more questions than answers. You know, yeah, you know, we can that. sit here and talk circles about all the potentials and all the things that we could wish for and hope for. But yeah, mm -hmm. kind of like what Josh says, until that ink dries, we really don't know anything. <laughs> yeah. So uh, anyways, that's going to that's going to do it. Uh, Stoy, Josh, thank you for your time this this yeah tuesday afternoon <laughs> yeah uh, yeah uh you can you can catch arsenal x the xbox podcast every tuesday on your podcast service uh please like subscribe share rate and review you can find uh story where can we find you uh you can find me on the exp cast the video game podcast we're part of the boss rush network on facebook twitter and instagram at exp cast and my personal twitter and instagram at stoy mke8 Josh, where can we find you? Uh, every Friday morning on Tower Casuals, the Destiny podcast. And you can find me on Twitter at Josh underscore Finn with two N's. And you can find me at I am Corey and HD on Twitter and Instagram. You can find me hosting the Boss Rush podcast, Arsenal X, the Xbox podcast, Tower Casuals, and plenty of other content here on the Boss Rush Network. I want to thank everybody for listening to this emergency episode. And we will see you <laughs> at our regular time next week. Goodbye, guys. Bye. Bye-bye. I like that emergency episode. <laughs>